Hi, this is Francis Rossi of Status Quo, and you're listening to Stuart Pink on Phoenix FM. Oh, yes, it is. And I'm delighted to say that although he's been zooming all over the world today, I'm honoured he's joining us too. Welcome to the show, Genuine Rock Royalty, Francis Rossi. Hello. Hello there. I'm just going to kill this fly. Wait a minute. No, I mustn't do that, must I? We can't kill flies these days. We want to be woke. Let's pretend you've trapped it under a glass. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, what a fly. Yeah, right. Okay. Yeah. Good morning. How are you? I'm very well, sir. How are you doing? Well, yeah, I'm still sort of alive. I woke up 73 and still keep waking up. It's a worry. But there we are. That's always a bonus. That's always a bonus. Can you describe the scene where you're zooming in from for us? From my home. In I normally do this in what we call a music room, but they're doing something in the front there and they're it's extremely noisy, and uh, the dogs might get there as well. So I thought, no, you can have so. We're in the orange, 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 lovely. Are there oranges available for half time? Well, there are two over there on some sort of plant. My wife likes all that, but there's funny little black flies in here, so something's gone wrong. Those like, <laughs> like you know, fruit flies love a banana and all that. Fruit fly, time flies, oh, yeah. like, fruit flies like a banana, don't they? okay sorry <laughs> as all right before we get into the new album we've got loads to talk about super local question we're broadcasting in essex um so do you have any fond memories of gigs or, or times in essex Ricky, dagenham dagenham roundhouse first time we broke a crowd record there see you'd expect me first time we had i think it was 1200 pounds got to walk through the audience and it was sweat dripping and it was and as i was walking through someone grabbed the machine head and turned it and then put it back. He says, all right, I'll put it back. Uh, <laughs> and uh, Bill Ricky, yeah. Yeah, a few places in Essex. I just made an, an album last year with my cousin's husband who comes from Essex, and I always wind him up there. He comes from Essex, and he's a drummer, and he's a cab driver. So it's just... Oh, no, all the like, stereotypes. Yeah. Okay, it's all the scenes. You're right. <laughs> lovely stuff now as a as a 90s kid francis i obviously grew up listening to the quo uh learning how to play guitar on some of your classic stuff but the post 2000 stuff you brought out as as all been music that my generation has kind of taken a slice of and, and can have a bit of ownership of i'm really excited you're bringing out this new album celebrating all our music well that's good for me too because i think this is the the main thing that goes on today is that each decade older bands is 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 it's important because you're you feel you're about to lose it luckily we broke in 68 so then in the early 70s we were on the way out again and then we managed to break through or as they call it now reinvent yourself and at the time it was called quo go heavy and uh we were all skinny little buggers so i don't know what they meant and then uh, <laughs> we got to the 80s and you become Again, passe, anachronisms, and, and and then there's that problem around the early 80s and then through the 90s, and each decade that goes by, there's this feeling that it's all over, plus a younger generation is coming in, and there's something about us when we're younger that says, oh, you lot are old, you're 27 or 25 or whatever it is. <laughs> and yeah. I, I noticed that every decade. I also noticed uh, Summer's career I always watched because they formed just before us and, and had hits before us, the Stones. And I noticed that over the over the years, they will change, and not so much in the last 10 or so, but they will change. I remember they were doing, it's only rock and roll, but I like it. Just after we did rock and roll over the world, I like it. I like it. It seems very strange that that song itself is seen as this rock classic, and yet it's, 
la 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 really isn't it so yeah <laughs> all, we're all a bit weird like that what we think is okay hip groovy and then it changes you know it changes but in the same way it kind of stays the same doesn't it <laughs> funny we had a manager once that said if it doesn't if things don't change to stay the way they are and things only change or stay the same as they change it's that contradiction about life and re- re- relativity and such it can only stay the same by changing dun, 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 dun. you're not <laughs> enough there <You're> <laughs> so thinking about some of these songs i mean we're talking about this sort of post 2000s era some of the tracks like beginning of the end um most recently backbone um they all strike a chord with people what's your advice to a new band or a young musician for, for staying in the business as, as long as you have through this change in generations and through so much time? That's a great question, but the trouble is it's, it's going to appear that I'm being very negative. And I've always said this to before this current, you know, before Spotify and this generation, maybe 20 or 30 years ago, it's ridiculous. But people would ask me to encourage their young ones. And I would, they would come and I'd say, what shall I, and I used to say, leave it. And they said, what do you mean? I said, leave it. Forget it, you're wasting your time. Because my generation were always told that. You were told you don't you're not gonna get a record contract, a song contract, you can't get a gig, we don't want you, we don't like your record, all that kind of stuff. Whereas now I think one of the things that is a problem with younger people is they're told how wonderful they are. If we keep getting told how wonderful we are, we just sit there going, Somebody will find me in a minute because I'm wonderful. You really need some <laughs> negative so those that uh, have what it takes and won't listen to me, and then those that don't have what it takes will take the advice. And I've always stuck to that. But, and, but even more so today, it's very, 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 very difficult, and it hurts most of the time because there's something in all of us that wants to be loved, even our DJs people. There's something, there's something in us that wants oh, yeah. to be <laughs> So the more we get the applause and people smile and look at us, we're happier. When they don't like us, we go, they're wrong. <laughs> my album's wonderful whatever it is so most of it's going to hurt and the advice is leave it oh wow okay i like that i like that take a bit of bit of beef from people every now and again that's it well yeah i think so you need to get used to it yeah so the new album uh brilliant title as always crowing in what's it been like putting this together it wasn't that problem i was asked by max Vaccaro. he's the md italian boy of the uh, the German record company and our manager were talking about doing us. If you think we should do it, let's do it. Because it's it's it seems better than the average. I'd say the average compilation. Although they are quite good. Because if I want a compilation of somebody else, you want all those tracks. And they said, "Do you want to pick the track list?" I said, "Oh no, I'm not very good at that." If I'll be saying, um, <laughs> "If you ask me my favourite anything, oh no, don't ask me that. I don't know." <laughs> when he do this island disc can you choose 10 no i couldn't i, I need about 60 yeah top 60 <laughs> who put the list together i'll think yes but i really think there's something that shouldn't go on which there were a couple there were a couple i think and a couple of other suggestions i may, may have made and our manager made um simon porter made a suggestion of uh a blues and rhythm he's always like that but luckily it to me i'm thinking yeah I forgot that. That's good. Or Bulla Bulla Quo I liked. I think I suggested Bulla Quo because when we made the movie, 
doing the soundtrack to the album was really good because you weren't limited, if you like, by the parameters of being quo. It was a soundtrack to an album. So it, it kind of broadened what we could do. Or there was no limit to what we could do if you wanted. And yeah. I really liked because it was off the chart a bit for us. So, yeah. Yeah, a bit different. So it's been nice to sort of revisit some of these tracks and, and sort of uh, I think there's a remaster of, of Caroline in there. Um, have you have been uh, back yeah. in the studio to? That was me. Yeah, I, we quite often do television, strangely enough, and they invariably want rocking all over the world. And as much as when I was 20, if you'd have told us we're going to have that kind of hit, you'd have gone, yeah, when you just you think, can't we do something else? But we should <laughs> be great. To be honest, we should be grateful. So what happens when we go to do it, you you go in the morning, whatever the TV you're doing, your routine, you um, rehearse camera stuff, and it's like, yeah. Lovely. Okay. And then you go to do it for real, the heart rate goes up and the performance comes into it. And because we've been doing them so long, they're slightly faster, two or three beats per minute, faster per track. And so I thought, I want to re-record them so that they have the energy that the the live ones have. So I'm trying to go quickly here. um, So I recorded something earlier on the the, um, theatre tour this year. The drums on the, those ones are, are live drums from the live shows, and so is the piano. The rest of it was re-recorded. And I also made uh, Richie do the rhythm guitar and a humbucker guitar so that they uh, emulate the way Rick and I made the original records. Two rhythm guitars all the way instead of one with spaces for the solos. We play through the nice. solos. So I think I've captured something of the, and the original magic played it to the manager, he played it to Max, and they said, can we put it on the album? And so, therefore, we must have done something quite good with it. I'm sure some people will be upset that we've touched the sacred, but they can <laughs> We didn't get to the record in their collection. That record is still safe in its collection. This is just, you know, it's another century. Blimey. Blimey. I think it's great. It captures a bit of the live energy when you see him do, you do these tracks well, live. It's yeah, that's the reason I think that uh, they're, they're really good. And they're probably better than the live version because they're a little tidier, a kind of controlled hairiness, if you like, which is why the State Grow records were like that. It was a controlled hairiness. Or sometimes when it's live, if I listen to live ones, I think, oh, dear me. And <laughs> <laughs> one too many beers there, yeah. <laughs> so, I don't drink, no. It's only Andrew drinks on stage. Oh. Yeah. He's yeah. most part fine. <laughs> right, quick fire round because we're running out of time. Um, you've literally uh-huh. rocked all over the world. Where is the best and worst place you've ever played? The best place is a place called. I don't normally go for this because I've said out of that many shows, you've got one place. But it's a place we didn't expect it to be good. We'd never heard of it before in Germany. A place called Ritterhuda, oh. and it was sort of about five thousand capacity open air thing. Very awkward to get to. Did the sound check. And we, we always do one sound check. Don't waste my time when we're gone. It's literally a check. Yeah. And we're playing, and we stayed there about half an hour, and John said, is this particularly good? I said, yeah. And normally when a sound check's good, the gig's going to be rubbish. That gig was amazing. <laughs> the worst gig was probably in 1968 or 69. We'd just done Cracker Jack, and we were doing this gig, two nights in this gig somewhere near Margate, and three people turned up. And one of those women is still a fan. Poor girl. <laughs> <laughs> you had to do that. It's quite weird. Everyone yeah. has to be excited. 
I, I told you, I remember seeing the Stones in the Glenlin Ballroom and Forest Hill when I was coming out of rehearsals. And there were only three or four people in there seeing them then. It was kind of weird. Oh, wow. <laughs> Even you've had two or three people in an audience. That's amazing. Please, you did say that. Cliff Pavilion wasn't your uh, worst gig because that's, that's my uh, usual. There at the post. <laughs> With the post in the middle of the stage. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that guy used to get annoyed. It's, it's a horrendous sound in there, but that's because we're too loud. And Rick's guitar <laughs> phenomenally loud, so it would not sit well in that kind of room. But you're coming there soon. You're on tour. Very excited. To, well, you're not coming there. So you're going to Wembley, and you? Part bigger stages. Um, I, did, uh, I did that on the talk tour last time out, I believe. Yes. It's okay being there for that. But making a noise in that room, you don't want to do that. And guess what we do? We make a noise in those rooms. Oh, you absolutely do. You absolutely do. So the album out on the 16th of September, of course, we can see you out on the crow, uh, out, out crowing on tour um, from November, going to Wembley for that one. Yeah. Well, I mean, I've been there a lot. I remember being there <laughs> with NME Pole Winners concert with Dusty Springfield. Wow. Wow. Amazing. We're old. We're old. One last question. Apart from the guitar and the waistcoat, what's the most important thing in your dressing room on tour? See, I'm quickly thinking. I, I, it's just the, the ah, we use vocal zone and things at the moment and the throat sprays and stuff. And it's just having that room uh, and we start preparing about an hour and a half before and you'll hear each one of us say, I think I'm going to put the lower half on. And you start getting dressed that way. You, you can feel quite safe once you've got your lower half on. So <laughs> probably just being dressed. So being dressed, you're about to do it. It's quite a good time. I love that. It's dressed from the top to the bottom. That's very rock and roll. <laughs> I finally got that fly, everyone. Hey, excellent. And on that note, Francis, thanks so much for joining us. It's been amazing yeah. having you on the show. Yeah, now. Thank you very much for that. We'll see you soon. Bye now. Thanks so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed that chat half as much as I did. Before you go, there are hundreds more great conversations like this one available to listen to anytime for free on the Now You're Talking podcast. It would really do me a huge favour if you gave this podcast a review wherever you're listening to it. Hit the subscribe button if you haven't already and share it with your friends. Oh, and I'd love it if you popped me a follow and a message on social media too. You can find me on every platform you're on, uh, all under the same username, at Stupink, S-T-E-W-P-I-N-K. Or you can get in touch on my website, stuartpink.com. La, la, la. Now push that one. Oh, for f***'s sake. We've got plants in here, and there's funny little flat blies. Um, oh, no. Now I can't find the camera now. Why won't it? Wait a minute. Uh, camera, camera, start video. There you go. How do we do this? We do it like this. Hey, there he is. There Hello. I Hello. Oh, my goodness me. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh. I might not you see, so I get left on my own. I'm stuck in the orange trees. Do you know what the difference between orange trees and the conservatory? Uh, no. Oh, yes. It's, to be honest, it's the little vaulted set of roof bits that's all instead of it all being glass that just came to sorry come oh. on because i'm eating for your time <laughs>